0: Warning, the Savage Nation contains adult language, adult content, psychological nudity. Listener discretion is advised. Now, here he is, winner
1: of the National Radio Hall of Fame Award, Michael Savage. This is the Michael Savage Show. This is the Savage Nation, only this isn't Michael Savage. I'm Michael Del Journal from Nashville, Tennessee honored as always to be filling in for Dr. Savage and spending some time with you today, America. Our phone number will be 855-400-7282, 855-400-SAVAGE. God, faith, and reason. It's the latest bestseller from Dr. Savage, and it's available in stores everywhere and online, especially Amazon. So make good with those gift certificates you got this Christmas and feed your brain in preparation for the new year. I do. I love filling in. You know, it's it's a humbling reminder that there's always a chain of command. You know, just when you think you have the greatest car, a better car pulls up next to you. Just when you think you bought the best boat, a bigger, nicer boat pulls up in the dock next to you. Just when you think you're looking good, somebody wearing something even nicer walks up in line right behind you. I'm a big shot in Nashville, and when I go on vacation, people get called in and they have to fill in. When Dr. Savage needs to rest his brilliant mind and his passionate spirit, I get drugged and have to fill. So let's make the most of this time together. I really do like to um, do a couple of days in a row because it gives us a chance to kind of get to know each other a little better. Um, I'm actually very much a humble person. Although today, my nickname is Nostra del Giorno. I get to take a big bow because everything we discussed yesterday gets proven today in a new Pew Research poll that just came out. And I thought we would begin there, if nothing else, to puff myself up. So what did we talk about yesterday? We talked about this consistent and persistent wall and narrative, false narrative from those who control the na- the narrative beyond just biased, now brazen, out of control, Uh With no credibility and no even attempt at fairness of a media. And what we talked about yesterday was how long do they think they can get away with this? I mean, how long when the Dow is up 5,000, the GDP is up 66 percent and ISIS has lost 98 percent of its territory and nearly defeated in the first year. Unemployment's down. Food stamps are down. There was a great, great story um, today that's kind of circulating on social media. And it was a CBS piece that they did. And so what CBS did – and it, and by the way, may I – and I just want you to know, as much as I have studied this stuff, even I was shocked. Because when they started the story, it was a basic setup of, well, it's now law whether you like it or not. And here comes the Republican – and I like how that's always a trillion-and-a-half-dollar tax cut. And so they said, what we wanted to do was – take everyday Americans and sit down with last year's tax return and find out by a certified accountant whether they're going to pay more or less as the Republicans have promised. And so they show you this map, and right away it's one family from California, one family from Maine, and one family from North Carolina. And I thought, oh, my gosh, you're going to pick Maine and California and then one North Carolina? Why didn't you do somebody in Florida? Why didn't you do somebody? You know, I thought, well, they're stacking the deck. And even in those cases, and the California case, was a husband and wife with no children. I thought, well, for sure they're going to pay more. And CBS is sitting there with egg on their face because in all three cases, whether it was a single mother in North Carolina, whether it was a a husband and wife with no children in California, or a family with three children in Maine, in all cases, all three thought they were going to pay more. And all three paid dramatically less. Why would I start with that story? Because that's the power of the persistent false narrative and negativity. And it is both in quantity and quality. So they have so convinced ABC, NBC, CBS, late night talk show hosts, every major newspaper, local television stations, NPR. PBS, they have so convinced everybody that these tax cuts are for the rich. And most Americans, and by the way, they get no free free ride from me. Ignorance is only bliss until consequence arrives. Let me repeat that. Ignorance is only bliss until consequence arrives. I was not ignorant, and I was not blissful. I knew stimulus would fail. Everybody else figured it out once it failed. So you learned you can't spend your way out of a spending problem and debt your way out of a debt problem. And growing government and temporary jobs is not an economic solution. But I knew that before Obama did it. And I just as I knew, because I hang around a lot of smart people, I'm not that smart. Just as I knew Obamacare was a failure. From day one, it was an actuarial nightmare, as it should have been. You get a bunch of politicians and community organizers in a room that don't know the first thing about actuaries or the first thing about insurance. What are they going to create? A mess. And you didn't get to keep your doctor. And you didn't save on average 2500 And premiums have skyrocketed. Now, if you were ignorant, well, I'm sure you were bliss. And you were part of everybody going around chanting Obama and hope and this and that. And today you're the very same people that are getting worse care, worse access. My gosh, I saw a family the other day paying $40,000 annual premiums. No, your premiums didn't go down. They went way up, and you didn't save a dime. You paid more, and you didn't get to keep your doctor. Well, when that happens, you're not so bliss, are you? Because ignorance is only bliss until consequence arrives. So for these people, it was like the reverse, which made it very interesting for me. They've been told by everybody. Bernie, Hillary, uh, you know, everybody, Nancy Pelosi, every late night comedian, every talk show host on MSNBC and CNN and the nightly news, ABC, NBC, CBS, and their local newspaper. And everybody has told them, this is going to benefit only the rich. And what did CBS have to, you know, find out the hard way? That's what happens when you have a false narrative and a talking point versus reality. So a certified CPA sat down with these three separate families. And in all cases, their savings was great. And in all cases, CBS had to air this piece with them going, well, geez, I really thought. And in one case, they were two, te- two professors. And the wife looks at the husband professor and says, I thought you said they were going to go way up. Well, I thought they were. <laughs> How different reality is from a perception and a false narrative that has been sold. And we see that every day with Barack Obama. So we talked with uh, Donald Trump. And so we talked about that yesterday. How can you, you, you almost become irrational and a moron when you ignore the Dow up 5,000, GDP up 66%, unemployment down, food stamps down, holiday spending up, home values up. I mean, you just can't ignore these things. Now, you may hate Donald Trump, but you've got to come to grips with the fact, I don't know if America's great again. But from a foreign policy and a domestic policy standpoint, it is certainly heading measurably in a right direction. Well, then the Pew research comes out. This is the story of the day that no one will talk about. The media's coverage of President Trump has been overwhelmingly negative more than three times more critical than the initial coverage of President Barack Obama. Well, Obama, my goodness, he got a Nobel Peace Prize before he ever started. He was literally celebrity and worship. He was like the greatest cereal box and nobody read the ingredients. I can't say nobody. There were a handful of us that did. It was twice as negative as the coverage of George W. Bush and Bill Clinton. So what you find is the media is biased Towards, Repo- uh, towards Democrats and away from conservatives, let alone Republicans. But nothing like this. Nothing like we saw with Obama in terms of unwarranted love and worship or unwarranted hatred. And by the way, I've got audio sounds from members of Congress, from Al Sharpton. It continues today. When you look at this graph, it is so powerful. How negative? 62% of all media coverage of Donald Trump was negative compared to, and in this kind of research, you take the negative and the positive and you throw out the neither, the in-between. If we were doing research for a talk talent, you don't want to look at how many people thought, ah, he was okay. You want a talk show host that 23% love and 18% hate. That gets your ratings. All right, so you do the same thing with this kind of thing. was neither positive or negative. But 62% compared to 5% was negative over positive. That is a media having an irrational hatred hatred towards an individual. And we have never in media history seen anything like this. Now, compare that to Barack Obama. It's virtually the opposite. And Barack Obama's first-year coverage in 2009, 42% was positive, Compared to 20% negative. 2 to 1 positive to negative. Trump, 12 to 1 negative to positive. Now you go back to George W. Bush. And I wonder, this is an interesting one that, that takes some clarification. I know i got to get ready for a break. But don't forget, George W. Bush was portrayed as a moron. A drunk moron that got elected just because he was the son of a former president. A baseball owner. An oil roughneck arguing over lockboxes, winning an election he didn't really even win. But then 9-11 happened. And see, there are a lot of things like a two-state solution in Israel and border issues and immigration that I disagreed with George W. Bush. But I will never forget him for being the right, perfect person after 9-11. He was the right man to weep with us. He was the right man to console us and help us heal. And he was the right man to lead us in resolve. And so I wonder how much of his numbers are impacted by the goofball they were making him out to be. And then after 9-11, how positive he led. People forget George W. Bush had approval ratings in the high 70s and 80s towards the close of his first year. But even George W Bush, you see 28% negative to 22% positive. With 49% neither. Now that's far different from Obama's 42% positive, 20 negative, and Trump's 62% negative, 5 positive. And you go back to Bill Clinton looks a lot like George W Bush. So what this shows you is we see a media that is different. And as I explained it to you, and I've been dealing with media bias all my career, I don't have to, I don't have to expose that or prove it anymore. Everybody knows it's biased. They're off the rail now. They're vigilantes now. They're brazenly not just biased, they're hate mongers and attackers. To the point where I don't even know if we have freedom of the press anymore. It's like Tokyo Rose is the news director of all of our media. But there's no arguing, just in quantity, don't even get me started on quality, in quantity, we have never seen a media treat a president like this one is being treated. As if they found a connection to Russia. As if he has acted irresponsibly in foreign policy. As if the Dow is down, not way up. The GDP is down, not way up unemployment is up not way down food stamps is up not way down i mean when you look at the circumstances and the failures of the obama administration foreign policy being the worst and domestic policy well doubling the debt in 8 years and look at the and look at the coverage 42% positive to 20 negative for trump 62% negative 5 positive in a courtroom of public opinion This is indictable, impeachable evidence of a biased media schlepping false attacks and false narratives. And based on the president's new approval rating, I don't think it's working like it used to. Can you imagine how little it's going to work next year when people start seeing more money in their pocket from these tax cuts? It's going to be the absolute opposite of Obama. A false expectation followed by a big failure. Now you've gotten a false failing expectation followed by a huge success. Well that's got me happy about the new year. I'm Michael Del Giorno, and this is just the beginning. And for Michael Savage, you're listening to the Savage Nation. Savage. This is The Savage Nation. I'm Michael Del Journal from Nashville, Tennessee. Honored to be in for Dr. Savage once again. We were just talking about the new Pew Research study and it shows 62% of all coverage of Donald Trump in the first year has been negative compared to 5% positive. Obama looked just the opposite. 42% positive, 20 negative. This is an unprecedented hatred and an unprecedented brazen bias from a media. No wonder Donald Trump tweeted the quote, and I share it with you. This was um, October 11th of 2017. Network news has become so partisan, and Pew proves it, distorted and fake that licenses must be challenged. And if appropriate, revoked. It's just not fair to the public. It is a reasonable opinion if you will of just how out of control and bias the media has gotten. if we can play clip 7 real quick this is Democrat Representative Yarmouth she'll reappear later in a segment we're calling they've got nothing um But here is her conversation about trying to impeach the president in the new year.
2: On the other hand, I think it is appropriate for us to keep talking about the fact that that this man deserves to be impeached. And has I mean, in my case, the one thing that stands out for me is when he threatened to revoke TV licenses over uh, questionable content that was questionable to him. To me, that's an an abuse of power that rises to an impeachable offense. But that doesn't mean that we're going to spend any time talking about it.
1: I'd love to hear him go on and on about how that would constitute treason, bribery, high crimes, or misdemeanors. We'll have another representative who actually thinks, uh, I guess, the media is a branch of government. I mean, this is the kind of nonsense, and, and this is all they've got. The proof is in the is in the in the pudding. The media is biased. How else can you explain all the good things have happened and 62% of the stories are negative compared to five positive? Maybe we're offering a little balance today of the Savage Nation. Savage. 855 472 7282 855-400-SAVAGE is the phone number. This is the Savage Nation. I'm Michael Journal from Nashville, Tennessee. Honored to be filling in for Dr. Savage, who's resting. Don't forget God, Faith, and Reason, the latest bestseller from Dr. Savage. Available in bookstores near you, Amazon, online now. Take advantage of those gift cards you got for Christmas and feed your brain for the new year and pick up your copy today. So we just showed you the, pre, uh, the Pew Research numbers, and 62% of the coverage of the president has been negative compared to 5% positive. That's three times more negative than Barack Obama, and that would be eight times less positive than Barack Obama if you're crunching the numbers. So the mainstream media loved the leftist ideology of Barack Obama. It hates the capitalistic conservative ideology of this president it's brazenly negative and biased and that's not even getting into quality that's just quantity quality has been nothing short of insane in fact one of my favorite stories of the day well two gaming now addiction is being considered a mental health disorder so if you went with Southern Miss in 16 points yesterday. It's a pretty, you know, you can say, well, at least I'm mentally ill. Uh, but the other is the one that, you know, looks at some of the, and it's fake news, faker or fakest, uh, as the Trump administration is wanting you to vote. And they're just classic stories that the media has botched. Now, they haven't gotten their real stories. That's worthy of note. And that's what I want to cover this segment. Don't forget. When When Barack Obama was leaving and Donald Trump was entering, all the women were gathering in Washington, D.C. Why? Because a sex predator, this animal, this threat to women everywhere and their private parts is now occupying the White House. He was some type of a physical threat to women. And then he was like a physical threat to illegals. Now, they don't even say the word illegals. They just... Treat them as citizens of the world that reside here, that have every right to citizenry, just as we do. Just like if you broke into somebody's house, you should have every right to their home that the person who owns it has. It's all insanity to me. Well, what have we found? It's the Department of Justice now investigating a systemic problem with sexual harassment and nobody doing anything about it in the Obama White House, not the Trump White House. What else have we found? Well, this could be one of my favorite stories of the day. We are actually seeing less Mexicans going back through deportation under Trump than Obama. President Trump sent 26% fewer Mexicans back home this year through November than Barack Obama did in the same period in 2016. About 152,000 Mexican nationals were repatriated, in other words, sent back home, from the U.S. between January and November. This according to Mexico's Interior Ministry. The number was 205,000 for the first 11 months in 2016 under Barack Obama. So 26% fewer deported or repatriated. Now, I love how Bloomberg then tries to make the whole thing about broken promise. The president's going to build the wall. The president knows that it's not just the wall. There are strategic places to put a wall, but it sends a powerful physical message after a very powerful verbal promise. And that's reminding people everywhere we're a sovereign nation and we have the right to be a sovereign nation. And as a sovereign nation, we have the right to say who comes in and how and when. And just as somebody doesn't have the right to just break into your home and then have access to your health care, then have access to your food, then have access to your tuition money. Others shouldn't either. And so the president knows through personnel, through technology, through a physical wall, we're sending a message that our borders are ours and it's important to secure them especially at a time of war and that we are already a government of laws and a republic, not a democracy, and our laws are to be enforced. It's an issue of national security and, quite frankly, an issue of national financial security, as we showed you yesterday with the great exodus and migration from the deepest blue states, New York, Illinois, and California. And the worst news for those three states Uh, Not only are people leaving because of high taxation, oh, and there's crime, and there's failed government education, and there's bad weather in some cases, but mainly cost of living and taxation. And we know that because we know where they're going, Florida, Tennessee, Texas, places with no income tax. And that gets even worse with the new tax laws going into place. But the worst part about the story that nobody, probably other than us, even talked about yesterday was that their net populations weren't down. You know, it's, It goes back to when we used to talk about underemployment versus unemployment. Because somebody goes back, a guy making $250,000, loses his job. He goes back to work and now he works at Kohl's or Walgreens making $8 an hour. And according to that scoreboard, he's back to work and everything is the same. No, it's not. Somebody making $10 an hour doesn't live or spend anything like somebody that makes 250000 Oh, underemployment was killing our economy as much or more than unemployment. And it's the same in this case. Who do you think's leaving? Those that were paying a high burden of taxation, paying the highest property taxes, paying the highest state income taxes, paying the highest federal income taxes. Or maybe as small business owners or... CEOs of corporations, their companies. And some left with their companies and employees. And what were they replaced by? What we call international migrants. Well, that's illegal aliens and refugees. And we know, like in the case of illegal aliens, they're tax receivers. They cost taxpayers $3,000 on average annually. They don't spend. They don't pay the taxes. They receive them. These scenarios for these blue states are gonna get even worse. And I can't believe the Democrats never pointed to this tax plan and said, This is this is strategically attacking blue states. Well, it does, but it's only because blue states have been doing something stupid all along. I mean, if these blue states were a restaurant, they can't complain that people aren't eating any there anymore. Because, well, they're getting better food, better service, and much lower prices at another restaurant. You better get a better chef. You better move to a safer part of town or secure the security of your patrons. Nobody wants to eat where they're going to get mugged. Nobody wants to live where there's high crime and murder. Nobody wants to live where there's bad schools. And nobody wants to pay more and receive The same roads, the same failed schools. And a house looks just like their friends when they go visit. Only theirs is a million and their friends is only 200,000. So it's really these blue states fault. And then there's the the great analogy, right? They all run for office wanting to do at the national level what they've done in these blue states that are proven failures. I mean, if if you want to know what America would look like if we had gone From Barack Obama to Hillary Clinton and then maybe Bernie Sanders after. Well, look at these blue states. They're broke. And a cultural chaos and filled with tax receivers, not taxpayers. And promises they can't keep. I think it's amazing that the hysteria was, oh, Donald Trump's president, women are going to get raped everywhere. They're going to be seen as objects everywhere. I mean, he is a physical threat to women's private parts. And none of that has happened. But the Department of Justice is investigating the Obama administration, where it was apparently happening rampantly, and nobody was doing anything about it, let alone rewarding the perpetrators. Covering it up. It's like the more they dig, trying to find something on Trump that doesn't exist. They keep finding things about Obama and Hillary that do. It's laughable. The other thing was he was going to break into everybody's home, break up families, and send them all back to Mexico. And now here's the truth. Donald Trump has sent 26% fewer Mexicans back home than Obama did in the same period of time. There's a big part of this story, too. ICE report of data through early October showed that removals of Mexican nationals was down, but administrative arrests of all immigrants were actually up. What you find is... There were 17 fewer apprehended, 17 percent fewer apprehended at the borders because they weren't just saying we have borders and we're going to enforce the laws. Stop the slow down the influx of those trying to break in. Just talking about we're a sovereign nation, we're going to secure our border, we're going to enforce laws. They weren't so quick to come. And those that did try to come to the border and break in, they were apprehended more at the border and arrested and repatriated immediately to the other side so they didn't have to go through a formal repatriation. These are all good signs for Trump. Now, as far as as the wall goes, I think you build it symbolically. That's what began your campaign. I mean, if you're looking at the checklist, and even CNN had to admit it in that ridiculous piece we shared with you yesterday, this guy has kept all of his promises and a remarkable amount of them and is getting remarkable, measurable results as he's doing it. So just as holiday spending was up, home values are up, just as the CBS report proved to three Democrat families that thought for sure because everybody in the media lied to them, including CBS, and told them they were going to pay more, we shocked to find out they were going to pay far less. Really, 2017 was about wanting this president to fail and continuing their tantrum from the election. 2018 is going to be as the president really, the success starts really kicking in. Can you imagine how crazy the media is going to act next year? Oh, it's going to be way worse than this year. Now, for all this persistent negativity of the media... It is having an effect. Now, the president's approval rating is up. He closes the year high at 45%. But when you go inside the Rasmussen poll, what you find is 29% strongly approve, 44% strongly disapprove. That's a negative rating of 15. Those are all better numbers for the president. And when you think about like a salmon trying to go up upstream to spawn, what he's up against, they really are quite remarkable. But sooner or later, not even the media and all of their insanity. And hide from the American people what the president's accomplishing and how it's working. And next year, they'll start measurably seeing it and feeling it more. These numbers are going to rise a lot more. So is the most admired list going to rise a lot more. By the way, I'd like to just state for the record, because I never know who's listening when, I didn't admire I don't admire Barack Obama or Donald Trump. In fact, I don't admire just politicians, which is what that poll looks like every year. Politicians are religious figures. I admire real people. Um I, I can't admire them because I don't know them. But those numbers, they're sinking for Obama. They're sinking for Hillary. They're still non existent for Bernie. And they're on the rise for Trump. Things look very good for Donald Trump. If if he concludes the final three years the way he did the first year, looks really good in 2020. Question mark is, can everything start feeling as successful as the direction it's headed quick enough in 2018? And that's where I think the attacks, uh, ideological attacks, uh, are going to make the biggest difference. I'll give you an example. When we come back and we do this segment next hour on, you know, they've got nothing. What you're going to hear are all these veiled threats at impeachment. And the fact is that they can't do the impeachment because they don't have control. If they make, if the Democrats, I believe, make the next year midterm election a mandate election to give them control so that they can impeach Donald Trump, it would be the biggest shot in the foot they could do. That will really backfire because I think if there's any disgust in America today, it's with Democrats and Republicans in Congress, but not this president. So I wouldn't make it about that if I were them. But for the president, for everything he's been up against, 45 percent approval rating, not a bad way to end the year, including 29 percent who strongly approve. One of his great accomplishments, reestablishing our credibility and our position in the world, making it clear to our friends who are our friends and to our enemies who are our enemies who they are, including Israel, It's going to turn around and honor the president for doing just that. I'll explain next. This is the Savage Nation. I'm Michael Del Giorno, in for Michael Savage, more in a moment. Savage. This is the Savage Nation. I am Michael Journal from Nashville, Tennessee. By the way, feel very welcome to arrive by Friday. It's cold, but we've got the Music City Bowl. We still have a few hotel rooms. Come, spend money, get a parking ticket, have a good time. We'd love to have you in Nashville. Uh, it's great to be with you, America, and I'm, as always, I'm honored to be filling in for Dr. Savage. Speaking of honors, the Israeli Transportation Minister is moving forward with his plans to expand Jerusalem soon to open high-speed rail... And this is a rail that is going to go from basically Tel Aviv to the Western Wall with just one other stop in between. And they're going to name the future station Donald Trump. This is, according to Yasriel Katz, uh, the holiest place for the Jewish people. And they decided to name the train station that leads to it after President Trump because of his historic and brave decision to recognize Jerusalem for just what it is, the capital of the sovereign nation and the state of Israel. Um, I think it's a huge honor, and, and I think, you know, this this to me reinstates what we talked about yesterday. It's important for your friends to know they're your friends, and for your enemies to know they're your enemies, and to reestablish that credibility. It's appeasement and mixed messages that emboldens the aggressors. And now more nations are thinking about moving. Now a train station's being named after him. Another reason, Trump gets an A-plus in his first year. Savage.
0: Warning. The Savage Nation contains adult language, adult content, psychological nudity. Listener discretion is advised. Now. Now. Here he is, winner of the National Radio Hall of Fame Award, Michael Savage.
1: Hello, America. How are you? Well, I grew up in New Orleans, so I guess I am your native son from the city of New Orleans. I am Michael Del DelGiorno, now residing in beautiful Music City, USA, Nashville, Tennessee. Honored, as always, to have this time with you and fill in for Dr. Savage while he rests. Our phone number is 855-400-7282, 855-400-SAVAGE. A reminder that God, Faith, and Reason, the latest bestseller from Dr. Savage, is available in your area bookstores, Amazon online. Make sure you take advantage of those gift cards that people gave you over the holidays and feed your brain and get ready for 2018 with this uh, new written masterpiece, God, Faith, and Reason by Michael Savage. Pick it up today. Um, you know, we were talking about. Uh, I, I just slipped out and I said it's just another reason why you give it. I really don't give Donald Trump an A plus. Uh, I want to give him an A plus. The results have been A+. plus. I wish he'd tweet a little bit less. He kind of sometimes doesn't know when to let something just lie. I mean, every idiot that speaks doesn't need to be responded to. Sometimes it's enough what they've said. Let them hang themselves. But he jumps in. It's like a guy who doesn't know when he's got the hand one. He keeps betting. Give it a rest. And then fake news becomes one of those issues for me. Um, fake news as an expression. It's not really hurting him with those who support him, but it's not penetrating and kind of resonating in any way, especially with those that are believing everything CNN and MSNBC is saying. Again, they're in the losing locker room. They're just talking to themselves back and forth. But everybody in between, it's not really resonating. In fact, the research shows it's not a very positive way to say it. And probably... For good reason. It's inaccurate. When you say fake news to me, I think of those times I get duped on social media. A story that turns out to be the onion. I mean, it's literally fake news. It's fun. It's entertaining. The only problem is it didn't really happen. Right, that is fake news, intentionally fake. This is biased news. Deceiving Distorting. It's basically, if you understand what bias really is, and we're all biased, by the way. That's why I don't really view me as a alternative to a bias that exists. Listen, I think we're all biased. Everybody brings their worldview to their understanding of everything. And there's no way you can go be a reporter on a street or in a war town or what have you, and not all of your values and the rules for your values, your beliefs coming with you. It, why it? My belief in Christ, my belief in absolute truth of scripture, it impacts everything I see and how I see it. Worldview shapes everything. It even, this may sound odd to you, it shapes your creativity. Why? Because what is creativity? Every story is, boom, a story. All right, so you either cover it or you don't. Well, if I don't want you to know that. I mean, I'm not going to do a 30-minute nightly news and, and bunch together five stories, one about the record increase in the Dow and why, one, the 66% increase in the GDP, and now it's over 3% that everybody said was impossible. Followed by unemployment is down, underemployment is down, food stamps are down. Well, I'm going to avoid that. I'm trying to tell you that this guy's a nut with his finger on a nuke. I mean, you've got those people on your Facebook wall, right? Everything they post is just insanity. And you're like, get a life. How could you be filled with so much hatred? Well, they're filled with worldview and bias. Just like we are. I try to be more pragmatic. I try to be more realistic about it. But no, it shapes my creativity. So what is bias? The stories you'll cover, the stories you ignore. They ignore the good. They cover the bad. They exaggerate the bad. They deceive with the bat. It's it's targeted bias. It's ultimately inaccurate and it's usually distorting and deceiving. Or maybe just flat out ignoring. But not fake. I mean when we look at what the president is asking for, the Trump administration sent out an email today. It's asking its supporters to rank these particular top stories from CNN, Time, and ABC as either fake news, faker news, or fakest news. Well, just to show you where my worldview comes from, I know the difference between a fake news story and a biased news story. I know the difference between a fake news story and an inaccurate news story. A mistake. These are examples of mistakes. Now, it's important, and somebody should discuss, why is it happening? Because you want it so bad. That's when you get loose. You're so biased, you're so targeting, and you're so focused because your passion directs your focus, your focus directs your actions, your actions set in motion a direction, and arrives at a destiny. Well, it usually leads them to an inaccurate story, which should equal somebody getting fired, which it rarely does, or less and less credibility. The most interesting thing to see play out And I think we've got to wait a decade. But the bias is now so proven and so real to everyone who relies on them. I don't even watch. And it might shock you. I never watch MSNBC. I never watch CNN. And I rarely watch Fox. I sure as heck don't pick up a copy of the Tennessean here in Nashville, a biased piece of garbage. You know, we're going to do a little story late in, in, in the third hour. It's going to really make you feel old about things that turn 20 in 2018. It's going to jar you, literally jar you. That's When I tell you're going to go, remember what I was talking about yesterday? Days are long, yet life is short. For a football player, a season goes by so slow, yet their career goes by in a blink. When we're kids, a school year took forever, but our childhood goes by like that. Where the twenty years go? That's what you're going to be saying when a decade passes. Because I don't think I've I don't think I've watched a nightly newscast and going on twenty years. I would literally look look out the window and go, "Who the hell is watching that?" Who, who? By the way, not just because it's biased and inaccurate, but what are they going to? T- I mean, it's like a newspaper. That's yesterday's news today. Are you kidding me? If I watch the nightly news tonight, they're not going to say one thing I don't know. They're just going to cover it from the most inaccurate, biased, ridiculous angle and rile me. So when I'm giving the president grades, he gets an A-plus for results. I wish he'd stop tweeting so much. I wish he'd start making every idiot's comment news and feel like he needs to comment on it. In other words, Rosie O'Donnell saying something vile and disgusting from her lost as a goose, empty, bankrupt, spiritual, moral, and intellectual life, I don't think is news. I don't give her the time of my show, ever. I wish the president would stop. So I'm going to take him down to an A- minus just because of some of the tweeting and not knowing when, when to let something lie. But other than that, boom, big time grade. And the other ding he gets is for this fake news. I wish he'd drop it. And all indications are he's going to double down or continue in that direction. I hope this is a New Year's stunt and next year we don't start hearing fake news, faker news, and fakest news because I'm already done with fake news. Um, the options, um, all the stories in the poll, they were ultimately corrected by the organizations because they were all inaccurate, not fake, inaccurate revealing a a hatred and a brazen bias that they're trying to they want to find something so desperately that they're making mistakes. That's worth discussing. But these are mistakes, not fake. ABC News erroneously claiming that President Trump told former National Security Advisor Michael Flynn to contact Russian officials. But it was done so not as a candidate, but as a president elect, which is common. Or the choice of Time Magazine mistakenly reporting that Trump had a bust of Martin Luther King Jr. removed from the Oval Office, which wasn't true, inaccurate. Or CNN reporting that Trump and his eldest son, Donald Trump Jr., were given exclusive access to the WikiLeaks documents. And then that was the most laughable of them all, right? They were were available online. And the emails showed the dates. So, yeah, it does prove that they hate him so much or that they are so brazenly biased and talking to such a specific, ignorant and biased, hate filled audience that they just stretch the boundaries. And then they walk themselves into clearly more mistakes and bigger mistakes than they've ever made. But as for me in my house, I wish the whole fake news thing, call it what it is, bias, inaccurate, distorted, deceiving. Maybe those words are just too big. We're going to start a segment that I think you're going to love. uh, And it basically fills out the rest of the hour. And it's they got nothing. Their ideology has nothing to offer. Uh, Their way that has proven to be a failure and this way that is proving once again to be a success, they don't have a comeback for. So they are really morally, intellectually, and politically bankrupt nothing. And it doesn't matter if we look at members of Congress. It doesn't matter if we look at the academia elite and professors. And I guess we just kind of took a look at Time Magazine, CNN, and ABC, and their blunders. You find this. You know why? Because they got nothing. It's an old street expression. He's got nothing. We'll start with professors. And It's quite frankly a pretty entertaining way to look back at 2017 as we get ready for 2018 on the Savage Nation. I'm Michael DelGiorno for Michael Savage. More in a moment. Welcome back into the Savage Nation. I'm Michael Journal from Nashville, Tennessee. And for Dr. Savage and kind of the running theme for today's show is they got nothing. We saw with the media, 62% of its coverage in 2017 of Donald Trump was negative, 5% positive. That doesn't just happen. 62% negative to 5% positive. They got nothing. Their girl lost. They hated the results. They wanted to do everything they can to shape this as a failure, and they couldn't. Look at the Dow. Look at the GDP. Look at unemployment. Look at underemployment. Look at food stamps. Look at ISIS. Well, professors don't get it much better. Here are the five things that professors actually said in 2017. And narrowing this down to five, because I'm telling you, I got five, six more in my head that were worse than these. But here's the five a University of Tampa professor who was so upset with the outcome of the 2016 presidential election that he publicly suggested that Texans deserved Hurricane Harvey. Quote, I don't believe in instant karma, but this kind of feels like it for Texas, said Ken Sorley, professor, on tweet. Hopefully this will help them realize the GOP doesn't care about them. Wow. Or how about an Art Institute of Washington professor? so furious about the House GOP's effort to repeal and replace Obamacare, something whether you're a Republican or Democrat, you're going to have to do, it's broke. It's unsustainable. He actually suggested they should be lined up and shot. Literally, quote, on Facebook, they should be lined up and shot, Professor John Griffin wrote. That's not hyperbole. Blood is on their hands. This is the outrage of hate while ignoring their own. In June, Trinity College professor Johnny Eric Williams made national headlines after appearing to suggest that the first responders should have let the victims of the congressional shooting blanking die because they were white. Quote, It is past time for the racially oppressed to do what people who believe themselves to be white will not do, put an end to the vectors of their destructive mythology of whiteness and their white supremacy system. Let them effing die. Wow. A University of Delaware professor claimed that Otto Warmbrier, the young man who died after being held in North Korea in a prison camp, got exactly what he deserved. Spoiled, naive, arrogant U.S. college student who never had to face the consequences of his actions. And then returns with the typical mindset of a lot of young, white, rich Clueless males. I mean, I say they got nothing. They always have race, don't they? Boy, do they hate whites. Boy, do they hate men. They do have that. George Mayer, an assistant professor at Drexel University, who made headlines by calling for a white genocide last year. Oh, not making this up. In early November, an academic pinned the blame of the Texas massacre that killed 26 on what he called whiteness and entitlement. Quote, whiteness is never seen as a cause in and of itself of these kinds of massacres, of other forms of violence. He asserts that whiteness is a structure of privilege and it's a structure of power and a structure that, when it feels threatened, you know, lashes out. It's kind of like blaming the gun, but you don't blame the knife. You know, nobody's calling for truck control or knife control, (laughs) but they always, they really do kind of always come back to race and gender. That's it. That's the four, five most outrageous things that professors actually said. Well, you, we've known for a long time, the outrageous leftist ideology on college campuses, Problem is now, it's infiltrated common education all the way to preschool. And if they get their way, they'll be knocking on the delivery room door next. That's the academia elite. What about our members of Congress? Oh, got a couple of doozies there. Would these five quotes of professors, and we could have done a lot more proof, they got nothing. They got nothing but hate. They've got nothing but division. Now, this is the same thing they had for eight years with Barack Obama. The problem is they don't got Barack Obama, the White House, and the executive branch of government. They got nothing. They don't have a candidate. They don't have an ideology. And they don't have an explanation for how capitalism and constitutional worldview has worked once again. And they have failed. They got nothing. And I got more of it. Next on the Savage Nation. Savage. You're listening to the Savage Nation. I'm Michael Dell Journal from Nashville, Tennessee, and for Doctor Savage, the phone number 400 Savage. Um, you know, we kind of walk through the media: sixty two percent negative for Trump, five percent positive. That's not even getting into quality, just in quantity. We're seeing a level of attack and bias like never before in the media, whether you call it fake or biased, fake or inaccurate, fake or targeted distortion and deception. This is a media that hates a president's ideology like they hate capitalism, like they hate whites, like they hate men, just like they always have. It's the same divisiveness that we had in the Oval Office for eight years. So they're having a tantrum. And they're targeting, and they can't cause him to fail. And now they can't bear to see that the things that he's doing is working. In other words, in 2018, I can't wait to see how they how crazy they're going to get crazier, as he starts succeeding. Then we did the top five things that professors actually said. So the academia elite, like the media, going crazy in hatred and negativity. Are others doing any better? Well, that's why this segment is all about. They got nothing. And as always, when it comes to They Got Nothing, Al Sharpton's going to poke up. Clip one, Al Sharpton.
3: He never left that New York. He never left the Queens where he and his father were sued for racial discrimination and who they would rent apartments to. So when you read him in The New York Times being quoted by two sources saying, all Asians have AIDS. Nigerians won't go home to their huts if we let them in the country. It speaks of a man that we in New York knew at various times.
1: Hearsay, not factual. The president denies. But according to Al Sharpton, oh, he had to say it. He had to say it because of a case. Never talks about how the case was settled. Never talks about the terms of the case. Had to say it because that's the Queen's way. The president is actually guilty of Queen's. Oh wait, there's
3: more. Cut two. Now, he and his, uh, the White House has denied it, but it's certainly not out of the character of what he has said and done. Led the old uh, fight that we want the death penalty for five guys in Central Park that, uh, that, that did this egregious, despicable act of rape that ended up not doing it. And many of us said it was questionable. He still said give him the death penalty. That's who he is.
1: Think he's got something yet? Cut three
3: i think of americans look at civil rights and race relations in the south in the sixties in miss new york in the eighties where you had many many incidents like howard Beach and Bensonhurst, and on and on and they get away with it because they don't want to talk about up north uh, uh kind of problems and trump symbolizes that trump is as much a symbol of northern bigotry as you have others that were of southern well
1: We all know how the Trump statue is going to play in about 100 years. (laughs) Now, I got to tell you, if they could prove and had proof that that Donald Trump said all Haitians have AIDS, or Nigerians won't go back home to their huts if we let them in our country. Well, you'd be on to something. But the White House denies it and they have no proof, but they don't care. Doesn't this remind you of like last week, if he attempts to fire the inspector, Mueller, we will impeach him. The White House is saying we have no intentions of firing him. If, Well, they may say that, but if he does, I guess you could also say, if the president decides to go out tonight and rob a Burger King after midnight, we'll impeach him. Well, he has no intentions of robbing a Burger King. But, but if he does, <laughs> try to create something. But it doesn't matter to Al Sharpton, right? His obsession is race. And in the end, he has no proof that the president said any of this. The president denies it. Of course, he doesn't believe it. Then he blames it on his character with no proof that that character exists. I guarantee you Donald Trump has employed and done amazing things for more black people than Al Sharpton has. One spends his wealth to help the other. The other tries to make his wealth off the ones he's supposedly helping so now we're to assume even though he didn't say this he's still guilty why his character and because he's from queens and because america while it noticed what was happening in the 60s in the south it missed what was happening in new york in the 80s and he's a symbol of northern bigotry of course he's guilty he's from new york so now the sins of everyone else's are this is a straw man right they can't find their connection to Russia. They can't prove he stole an election. They can't bear the results. He is stopping all this divisiveness. What do I mean when I say that all the time? Barack Obama, this is all he had. He was a street organizer, and you made him the president of the United States. Well, if you're a street organizer in Chicago, you can play that game because you're always somebody's hero. But Barack Obama is president had to attack the same Americans he was serving as he was trying to benefit the others. It didn't work. So he pit men against women, gays against straight, blacks against white, criminals against cops. Those are the Saul Alinsky, Barack Obama street organization divide and conquer games. And apparently that's all they got still. They got nothing. But Al Sharpton's never had anything. Let's see if our members of Congress are any better. Democratic Representative Yarmouk, clip six.
2: We don't stand for impeaching uh, President Trump. I think there are a lot of us, myself included, who believe that Donald Trump has committed impeachable offenses. Uh, but that doesn't mean that impeachment is a, is a reasonable thing to pursue. Particularly, we're not in the majority, so we're not going to get it passed in the House. It takes two-thirds in the Senate. We'd never get close to that if we got an impeachment resolution passed. So it, it would just be a waste of time. Now, as I like to do on
1: my show all the time, just to show you how inaccurate, distorted, and ignorant these types of people are, I won't go to a controversy. Won't, it won't even bring out the Constitution itself. I won't even bring out any kind of... bias. Wikipedia would educate this man. Impeachment is the process by which a legislative body formally levels charges against a high official of government. Impeachment does not necessarily mean removal from office. It's only a formal statement of charges, you know, like an indictment in a criminal law. And is thus only the first steps towards removal. Once an individual is impeached, he or she must face the possibility of conviction via legislative vote. Now, what what do you impeach somebody for? Well, it would have to be treason, bribery, high crimes and misdemeanors. Now, in the case of, take Bill Clinton, for example, it was certainly inappropriate behavior to be having sex with an intern in the Oval Office, but that wasn't the problem either. The problem was, He perjured himself, and he obstructed justice. That is a crime. That was actually an impeachable offense. Now, whether or not Congress wanted to impeach him, whether they could impeach him and get the votes to impeach him, well, that would have been another thing. In the case of Richard Nixon, I think they would have had the votes, and that's why he resigned. I don't think that the only reason Congress is not impeaching Donald Trump It's because they don't have control of Congress. They're not impeaching Donald Trump because he hasn't done anything impeachable. Well, what would he suggest would
2: be impeachable? Oh, well, the segment is called They Got Nothing, so we got to do clip seven, the follow-up. On the other hand, I think it is appropriate for us to keep talking about the fact that that this man deserves to be impeached. And he has I mean, in my case, the one thing that stands out for me is when he threatened to revoke TV licenses over uh, questionable qu- content that was questionable to him. To me, that's an, an abuse of power that rises to an impeachable offense. But that doesn't mean that we're going to spend any time talking about it.
1: Oh, yeah, because the important thing is we just talk about it and threaten it. We don't have anything impeachable. It's just to throw out the hatred and the negativity, you know, hopefully so you don't notice the Dow is up 5,000 and approaching 25,000 or the GDP is over 3% and up 66% or unemployment's down or food stamps are down or that we're safer. There's less illegal immigration. ISIS is 98% eliminated. Who would want you to notice that? You so just want to threaten. It's important that we don't have a case, but it's important that we talk about. And what's this case? In my case. The one thing that stands out for me is when he threatened to revoke TV licenses. Now, had he issued an executive order, maybe the president tweeted on October 11th at 6.09 p.m. Network news has become so partisan, so distorted and fake. Licenses should be challenged. And if appropriate revoked, it's just not fair to the public. He's just saying what the Pew Research today proved. Now, he calls it fake news, or in this case, he even said partisan, meaning biased. And it is distorted. And it is inaccurate, he could have added, but he used fake. Well, when we find out 62% of all the news coverage of Donald Trump was negative, 5% was positive. But he's expressing an opinion. Opinion, by the way, that in a courtroom of public opinion, or maybe even in an impeachment hearing, would be proven true. but tweeting an opinion about the biasness of network news doesn't really constitute treason, bribery, high crimes, or misdemeanors. Representative Yarmouth, like our professors, like the mainstream media, they got nothing. And, And we can light you up all day with these. That's the really sad part about it they all got nothing and what do i mean by they got nothing to wrap up the segment well they don't have an ideology they have an ide- it's kind of like with global warming you know the biggest enemy of global warming is time we're going to do a segment in a, in, a, in the next hour about things that turned 20 in 2018 it's going to make you feel really old but time has passed And we haven't raised a degree. In fact, the one degree corrected. The ice isn't gone. It came back and it's thicker than ever. The seas are not rising. Time killed them. Nothing they said would happen, happened. Well, that's what's happening to all these people. Saying we're a sovereign nation is just accurate. We are. Saying that the borders should be secured is reasonable. Enforcing laws is reasonable. Siding with law enforcement over criminals is reasonable. Identifying your enemies and putting all of your efforts into not containing them, let alone creating them, but defeating them is reasonable. Acknowledging Jerusalem as the capital of Israel is is not crazy or dangerous. It's reasonable. It's a fact. It is. They wanted him to fail and he hasn't. Everything they wanted to do has failed. They took over health care and ruined it. They tried to spend their way out of a spending problem, debt their way out of a debt problem, grow government even greater so that all people would be depend on them for all things. And it was unsustainable. And now we have returned to our senses once again. This time it's Donald Trump. Last time it was Ronald Reagan. Then before that, it was Kennedy. And capitalism and constitutional and America first worldview is working again. And they hate it because time is not their friend. And they will lose decades of ground. It's why most terrorists will play patiently for the next generation rather than try to blow you up today. Because if they try to blow you up today, you will identify target and defeat them. And it sets them back decades. It's why the Muslim Brotherhood in deep down really can't stand Al Qaeda. Because every time Al-Qaeda or ISIS attacks somebody, it gets everybody looking at the mosque. It gets everybody looking at Muhammad. It gets everybody looking at the Quran, the Sunnah, the Hadith, and 1,400 years of history of this. And people wake up. They liked it better when we were asleep and apathetic. While they were taking over our textbooks and double-minding our children and indoctrinating our college students and filling voting booths with brainwashed people, with a proven socialistic, communistic, failed philosophy, the greatest in the history of man, as we slowly return to what has made us the envy of the world, and prosperity, and security. Well, you're going to have a hard time selling appeasement after peace through strength works again. You're going to have a hard time selling open borders when secured borders and enforced laws to work again. You're going to have a hard time preaching bigger government and bigger taxes, bigger expenditures and deficits and debts, when lowering taxes worked again. Trust me when I tell you this. There's nothing more profound than this. Why are they so filled with hate? Whether it's a leftist on your Facebook or the media, regardless of whether it's print, television, or radio or these professors, or these members of Congress, because they got nothing. And they're about to lose a lot of ground. And their biggest fear is Donald Trump succeeding. And he is. So from tantrums to vicious attacks, what happens in 28 when he starts, 2018 when he starts really succeeding? Lucky for you, you're going to have Michael Savage here, and me filling in for him from time to time. To bring it all to life for you. This is the Savage Nation. I'm Michael Del Jorno from Nashville, Tennessee. In for Doctor Savage, who will be back Wednesday after New Year's, more in a moment. Savage. Welcome back into the Savage Nation. I am Michael Del Journal, in for Dr. Savage. Honored as always, 855-472-82 is the phone number, 855-400-SAVAGE. And we kind of walk through some of the um, the highlights at the close of the first year of Donald Trump and then the opposition and what they got, and it's nothing, whether it's academia, the mainstream media. and Kind of got my proof of what I taught you yesterday about how biased the media is. Well, thanks to Reuters, I get my proof on weaponized harassment and where this war on Trump ultimately and war on men and war on the workplace is headed. And it's a little scary because if we don't know what sexual harassment is and is not, it could make 2018 a very interesting year at work.
3: Michael Savage, a host like no other's.